Welcome to the Ready to Thrive podcast. My name is Jacqueline, and I don't know if you've ever felt like you are just surviving your life. I know I have, and that's why I created this space. I want to help you move from surviving to thriving. My goal is to help you get unstuck and actually enjoy your life. Each week, I'll be sharing practical tips and always point you to Jesus. So what are you waiting for? Let's get ready to thrive. Hello and welcome to Ready to Thrive. I am very excited about my next guest. He's been on a few times before and I've really been wanting to get him on to discuss this particular topic. I want to talk about habits, particularly as it relates to mental health. And we are doing a mini series on mental health right now. And this particular guest, I think, has some of the best daily disciplines and habits that really are producing something in his life. One of the things I've been talking to people about um, really is the seeds we've been planting in our lives over the last two years really have begun to bear fruit. And for some of that, for some of us, we really don't like the fruit we see. We are feeling extra fearful, extra anxious, extra confused, depressed, other things. And um, not to say that just the world in itself and all those things won't have an effect on us, but really what can we do? And not what can we do in a huge pendulum swing, but what can we begin to do daily that is going to have a ripple effect that will help us thrive? So without any further ado, uh, my guest today is my husband, Brendan Widener. Brendan, thank you for being on Ready to Thrive today. Thanks for having me back. It's very exciting. Okay. So I want to just go back a little bit to um, when did you first kind of discover or desire to work on some of your personal habits, your daily habits? Yeah, it's a good question. I feel like there's definitely been key phases in my life where I was looking at habits differently. And I think most often there was a catalyst event of some kind, like maybe circumstances had been what they'd been for a while, but then you have an aha moment. Like I remember sitting in a Starbucks with a friend I bumped into and they were sharing about um, health strategies they were doing. I think that was actually way back when, when the Atkins diet was a really popular thing. And something about sitting down with them, I just remember thinking, this is my turning point and I'm beginning today. And so I find that I've had a few key seasons in that, uh, whether it's been health or Bible reading or finances or other sorts of um, disciplines that I've been motivated. So another one that really comes to mind was I, I'm uh, in full-time ministry uh, work for a youth ministry and I have for basically my whole working career. And so within that, it would be thought, expected, would have been my expectation. I would have been a daily Bible reader. But what I found happened because I was preparing Bible lessons uh, or talks and also going to church and also in small groups that uh, between that and actually doing a degree in the Bible in university, I kind of just felt like, you know what, it's all around me. I get enough opportunities. And then I just kind of woke up one day partway into this job and realized like, I don't really read the Bible for myself unless 
the stars align on a random day and I read all Philippians in one shot. And so for me, it was being on a sabbatical back in 2012 and listening to a wise, godly man who is a professor of one of my sabbatical courses at Regent, just kind of like offhand comment talking about, oh yeah, uh, here's a Psalm that I'm going to share with you this morning because every day I read a chapter of Psalms, a chapter of Old Testament, a chapter of New Testament. And there was some part of my brain, some inner calculation that I watched this guy all week teach our class. He's in his early 70s. And I just thought the way you carry yourself is exactly who I want to be in 40 years. And some sort of like inner calculation was what you just described about your Bible habit, I think is a key contributing factor of how I get from where I am to where you are. And all of a sudden it was like, I'm in. And I don't know if that's maybe somewhat unique to my personality sometimes where I'll just be brewing, 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 and then go hard. But I think it's when you have this clarity of motivation that you realize the life you want, you don't have, and something about this practice is going to start to inch you closer towards the person you want to become. <clears throat> well, I love that you started with that because I would say, you know, if I was saying to Brendan earlier, how far back do we go with, you know, habits? And when I think about when we first got married 15 and a half years ago, our habits were not fantastic. We were not adulting well. And so when he talks about this 2012 turning point, it really was um, a decision that he made. He didn't sit me down and say, hey, guess what? I'm going to do this thing, right? Sometimes I think when we start something, we feel like we need to announce it to the whole world. Um, but he just quietly started doing this thing that I noticed later on. Not only did I notice that he was taking account of reading each day, but I noticed a change in him. And at that, from that point on, I started writing him cards, whether it was a Father's Day card or a Valentine's card where I said, wow, you, you keep changing. There is, this is just getting better. And I think um, it goes back to that decision to say, hey, this is going to be my daily habit. Uh, there's a woman who's a pretty well-known speaker named Christine Kane, and she travels all around the world. And I just remember her saying she had some things in her life that were non-negotiables. It didn't matter what her time zone was, um, where she, you know, we, we can have this excuse sometimes when we travel. We're like, well, I'm not going to get up and, and exercise or read my Bible because I'm jet lagged. But she basically said, no, th these are my non-negotiables. I am moving my body. I'm reading my Bible every day. These are the things that are really going to ground me. And so um, that was a key factor for me as well, saying, okay, what does it look like to have these non-negotiables in my life? And so I noticed this with Brendan where he started this Bible reading. The other thing I want to say is that there was never a point in any of his daily habits where he has said to me, you know what, you should really start to do this thing. Like there was, there has never been a, hey, I'm doing this thing. It's so great. I think you need to do it. Because here's the thing, when someone tells us what we should do, we automatically feel like I am not gonna do that thing. And so what I really love about his leadership style um, is just that he he does it. He does the thing quietly. He doesn't announce it. Um, and then what happens is you begin to see the fruit of that change. And you begin to watch this person quietly doing something. And you go, you know what? 
I, I think I need that in my life. I think I need that discipline. I need that change. And, and he's going to talk about a few other habits that he has, but I want to say that just because sometimes we make an incredible change in our lives. We have this positive new habit, this new thing we're doing, and we want the fruit for other people. We want that good thing. And so we can basically begin to tell people what they should do. Um, and that actually starts to push people away. However, when people see the fruit of our lives, when they see the peace that is coming in our lives, they see health changes we're making, whatever it is, people will start to ask questions and say, okay, so what, what is it you're doing because it's different? So that's my encouragement for you as you begin new habits or maybe you have already, um, just to really lead with the fruit of your life. So Brennan, you talked with the Bible reading. Um, let's speed up to 2020 because I think that's a pivotal moment for so many people where, um, I don't need to go into the why, but, um, but you started to pick up a few different habits really in March of 2020 that you, at first you didn't even tell me about. Um, so tell me about, I want to hear about your push-up habit. So funny fact about me and anyways, is I am a member of a clothing subscription company called Menlo. Might as well give them credit. And so they're out of LA, um, kind of found them in a roundabout way. I've been subscribing monthly for several years. And so they were sending emails and promotions and things, and you have to like stay up to date to know what your clothing package is, yada, yada. So March of 2020, the world's going crazy, and they say, hey, here's our March member promotion. They sent out a chart that just said for 30 days, we want you to do push-ups and sit-ups every day, and you need to start with five. Five push-ups and five sit-ups for four days in a row, and then you're going to go to 10 for four days in a row. Then you're going to go to 15, and then you're going to go to 20. And I think by the end, it got to 30, and I just remember thinking like, Ooh, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do 10 push-ups in a row. Um, I feel like I should be fit and strong enough, but I just haven't, I'm out of practice. I haven't been in the gym. I don't really have a thing that I'm doing on a regular basis. So uh, I remember we were away the first week, um, spring break, when kind of everything was beginning, and that's when I started the process. And so having that chart uh, was helpful. I didn't print it off. I just saved it on my phone and... Then I got a little note going where I just like marked, um, you know, each day that I did it. And um, I felt like, yeah, like there was, it was hard. Like I couldn't, I got to certain stages where I couldn't do all the push-ups in a row. Um, even though it only got up to like 20, I would like have to like stop at 11, pause for five minutes and then do the other nine. Um, but I think that was a really encouraging process for me to realize someone had laid out a plan for me that was achievable Someone had laid out a process for me that I was like, that's reasonable for me to do. And I think it did feel similarly to the, the diet of Old Testament, Psalm, New Testament, where I was like, this is an achievable, balanced diet that I could incorporate. And I'm going to have to figure out how I do it. When do I do it? Um, how do I do sit-ups in a way where I don't hurt my neck and have bad form and all those kind of things. But that began a process. So that's kind of March. I think I would have been done in April. And then... I decided once I was done the 30 days, I was like, Brennan, you can do like 20 something push-ups in a row. Like, when have you been able to do that? Don't break the chain. So I kept going. I would say I started to get to a place where I was going 
every like four or five days a week. And then, and I had this thought in my head where I was like, if you just don't do it for like three weeks, you'll go back to zero. So even if you're not keeping the habit perfectly, just do it like twice a week. The muscles will retain it to build off it for the future. I don't know if that's scientifically true. It felt true. Um, so then I, I really tried to hold the line and I was holding the line in various ways. And then what happened was I got to the end of 2020 and I got the book Atomic Habits for Christmas. I read it. And as I read it and was hearing about daily habits and things, I just realized, hey, I'm dropping the sit-ups because they just, I can't do them in a way that I feel like I'm not hurting my body sometimes. And then I, I can't figure out the right technique. Um, but I realized, I was like, you know what? Push-ups really does a lot of core strength anyways. Um, they're flexible. You can do them wherever you can do them. Like I've done them in hotel rooms. I've done them wherever I am, vacations or whatever. Um, and so I just made a commitment as I was looking at these daily habits I was going to establish for 2021. I was like, push-ups is part of it. So I, I set my push-ups to be two sets. Um, and I wanted to, I was turning 42, so I'm a nerd. And so I was like, I want each set, because I had built to where I was able to do about 40 in a row. It's like, each set has to be 42 unbroken. Um, so now I've kept that daily habit all the way through 2021 and now into 2022. And so now my sets, I bumped it up when I felt like I could handle it. And so now my sets are 84 each. Um, and there's a couple of times I've done a hundred in a row and there's some part of my brain's like, what just happened? How did we do a hundred pushups in a row? You couldn't even do 10 straight back in March, 2020, but it just shows the significance. And I think this principle is true in so many parts of life. I know it's true in finances and probably like a hundred other key things you you always, I always underestimate what can be built daily, incrementally, and what it can add up to over time. We just discount it and we write off, oh, what's a big deal if I don't do blank? And not to beat ourselves up, but just to realize there is, there is a strength in many areas of our life we can build just by doing things incrementally uh, and cumulatively. It's really significant. It, it multiplies. Okay. I love that story and I love that you, A, I mean... I feel like if you're listening, aren't you so impressed that um, Brendan went from, can I do like, can I do five or 10 push-ups? And here's the crazy thing. Brendan's not a gym guy. He hasn't ever been the guy who's like, I'm off to the gym, but I've actually watched his body transform over the last two years, simply doing this very short daily habit. And what he just said there, I think, like he said, it's so true of anything in our lives. We implement very small daily habits that we begin to grow on. We have this compound interest and that's where things really begin to change. Um, there's a few things he said there. One, when he was in a season where it didn't feel like he was able to do the push-ups every day, um, he said, you know what? Two days is better than nothing. And I have this phrase that I've been using lately where basically I've said, you know, we often think in terms of all or nothing. I'm either doing it perfectly or I'm not doing it all. And we kind of throw out any good hopes of whatever we're moving towards, right? So let's just say healthy eating. We're like, you know what? If I, I didn't have a salad at lunch, I didn't, whatever the thing is we're doing, throw it all out, bring on the ice cream. And so if we can kind of switch our mindset to just saying, you know what, if I'm at least moving in the direction of these healthy habits, let's say I'm only getting 40% of the time 
I'm only getting 60%. That is still better than 0%. So I think giving yourself grace, especially in challenging seasons where you're sick or things are extra stressful, what, whatever you need to do, but keep going forward in those habits. The other thing he talked about was um, that he really liked this having this chart and being accountable to a chart. And for some people, simply having a chart that you print off and you put somewhere that you're going to see every day and, and crossing that um, X off the chart, that will be enough of a carrot for you. For other people, you may need accountability. And that may look like someone you trust saying, hey, this is something I'm going to do for the next week or the next month or whatever it might look like. Can you message me every day? Can I ask you, like a person that you trust, can we be accountable to this thing? Sometimes that's um, enough of a carrot, accountability or motivation. Um, think about what that might be for you in terms of your habits. Um, I know a few years ago when I wanted to start getting up early in the morning and have a quiet time, I announced it to this group of women I was sitting at at a mom's group and I just said, I'm going to try it. And I think I was like, I'm going to try it for a week. And sometimes we, we bite off more than we can chew. We try these grandiose big things we're going to do. And then we feel so discouraged because it is really a big deal. So what does it look like to start a new something for a week or for a day, right? Like just really having these small daily goals and then being able to build on that, giving ourselves lots of grace. So, um, I love your push-up story. The other thing I really want to talk about, um, because there's a few other habits that you do that I think are really key to, especially when it comes to mental health. Um, and so I want to talk about what you're doing and also, again, more of your own personal kind of carrot accountability that you, um, Brendan has this funny system that I have totally made fun of him for, but it has been really helpful. And so this might be something you can actually implement in your life that you might be able to tweak. Uh, but I really want to talk about your, uh, the way you seek um, silence in prayer, in going for daily walks, um, and also your Sabbath and your technology use. So can you kind of cover those and how you um, keep yourself accountable to that daily? Yeah, I think it was actually coming right off the back of the push-up exercise and sort of got layered on top of it was the the same clothing company followed up their push-up piece because they realized everyone's still in lockdown. We need to give people like independent things they can do. So they gave a one mile a day challenge to, to run a mile a day. And so that for me was the first time I thought about the fact that I could run every day. Um, and I, I did actually have a significant, um, I got a family doctor, uh, in 2019 for the first time since I was like 16 years old. And so thankfully Jacqueline and our kids have one, but I have not had one. I've had walk-in clinics. And so I got a family doctor and he's like, let's do the basic tests and did a blood test and came back and sat me down and was like, Hey, like your blood sugar levels, here's like normal, here's diabetes here's you, you're halfway, halfway to diabetes, basically was his message. I was like, uh Oh, and so it felt like a really significant thing where, and he was like, what's your exercise like? And I was like, I know what I say to myself I do and what is actually true. And what I felt like I said to myself is I jog twice a week. I was like, no, you don't. You jog once every two weeks. And the reason is, is I'm like, 
my perfect pattern is I run every second day. If I'm not tired, if I'm not sick, if the weather's good, if I'm not too busy, it da 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 Like, and so I realized there was actually these significant mental blocks I had towards um, practicing something every day. And so actually that was a big catalyst back in May, 2019 was I told myself like, A, if you're gonna get healthy and get away from this dangerous blood sugar level, you're gonna have to run when it rains, Brendan. So you might need to get a, a running jacket that can handle some rain. You also are gonna have to run sometimes two days in a row when yes, your body's a little bit sore. Um, so I just realized in any of my habits, there are some mental tracks that will play that are saboteurs. Um, and those were a couple of them where I was like, and then this phenomenon happened where I was like, I can run multiple days in a row. I can run in the rain. So that was actually a really good precursor for me for this one mile a day challenge where I was like, no, Brandon, you've already, you've already been down this path. You ran multiple days in a row and a mile's not very, like, that's like, I don't know what the math is. I think it's 1.6 kilometers or something. It's not very, like, it's like, that could be a 10 minute run. So that really set me up. And then I paired that with reading Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. John Mark Comer's voice podcasts and books were definitely an early COVID discovery. And reading Ruthless Elimination of Hurry and listening to a podcast he had on solitude and to kind of steal his language is that for us to want the life of Jesus, we actually need to adopt the lifestyle of Jesus. And he just did a really good job of showing what I've probably already seen in scripture. I just didn't let it sink down deep is that Jesus practiced solitude. He was busy. He had a lot going on in his ministry. He has a lot of relationships, a lot of priorities, a lot to juggle. And how did he stay on task and stay centered in his relationship with the father? He left the crowd, he even left the disciples. He centered and where did he go? Uh, he went into nature for that solitude. And so I think just reading and realizing like, hey, these runs, that's me in nature. Like those have been really cathartic. Those have been a good processing place because I'm running. And so at some point I just realized, Brendan, do you need to track every run? Like, is there some point where someone's like, show me your app that shows all the, the miles you've ran or kilometers. There's, I'm not gonna get some metal one day. So is it really important I track them? Because if I didn't track them, you know what I could do? I could actually leave my phone at home. And I can actually do these short little runs and on the days my body's sore or other things, I could even do walks. And so that was one of the things where I just realized I need to do two things. I need to be intentional to get out in nature, move my body, allow mental, emotional, prayerful space. And the way to make sure that actually is meaningful is I don't jam my head with even good Christian content, like even a good sermon or a good Christian podcast or worship music. Even though it has value, there's a really significant value to actually um, removing other voices. And so solitude is, I think it was uh, John Mark Comer defined it as, is the absence of other inputs. And I just realized, I'm like, yeah, we're in a, we're in a day and age where the input level is off the charts high. It is bombardment every way. Yes, technologically, even in person. And so having 15 pure minutes, no other inputs, it's just a chance for your brain to sort its stuff. Like you kind of go on a walk sometimes you're like, that was a crazy meeting I had today. And normally I wouldn't even be able to process it because I went into three more right after it. But that was pretty intense what that person said and how they're feeling and what that impact is for my work or this going on personally. And so that became a really, really significant piece where then I just said, I'm now going to commit that every time I do 
one of these walks or runs, I'm not bringing my phone because you know what'll happen. I'll be walking and be like, oh my gosh, I really should message so-and-so. You know what? I'll probably forget later. I'll just do it right now. Da da da. Oh, I just saw one text message and I just quickly checked the sports because I just wanted to see if that thing happened with that player. And then I realized I've really no longer been present to my body. I'm no longer present to nature. I'm no longer present to my soul. And most significantly, I'm no longer present to Jesus. Whereas if just by abstaining from the technology and getting yourself outdoors in nature, even in very suburban locations, like we're in a pretty, I don't know, suburban, there's some, there's some beautiful nature in, in our neighborhood too, but um, can be such a significant game changer. And so some of those things even kind of uh, dominoed or played off each other where I just realized my phone carries a stress level for me. It is so attached to work and responsibilities and I love my job, but I found a power if I came home for the night and I put my phone in a drawer. I found a power and if I had every ringer notification off, so it was, it was a silent device and it was in a drawer or even better, it was powered off. I felt my shoulders like set back and relax. I felt myself be at a dinner table conversation or sitting on a couch near Jacqueline or my kids. I was like, I feel like I'm actually here because I don't feel like I'm like, well, maybe I should just send that reminder for that meeting that's coming up or maybe I should just get back to that person. And so that evolved even to practicing that as a regular routine uh, for a Sabbath, like again, a, a COVID spring 2020 uh, implementation and, and having to play with it to get it just right. But basically generally turning my phone off sometime on Friday night, uh, putting it in a drawer and not turning it back on until uh, most often Sunday after church, sometimes Sunday morning uh, before church um, when we're driving there or something and need something to log our kids into their Sunday school. But um, that's been a really, really helpful practice. And I just feel the the absence of the technological weight and pressure. And when those two things are paired together, it's just been really profound. And I would say, really significant for just my inner life and inner health. Yeah, that's, um, I think that's one of the main, main factors really in seeing Brendan thrive in mental health. Because it's not that, you know, his job hasn't been stressful or there haven't been tensions with, you know, relationships or other things going on, but having that space to process and, and even just go back and listen to what he talked about in terms of being present to his body, to Jesus, to his soul, right? All of those things um, and not getting to the place where, like what we used to do, if I go back 15 years, we would run ourselves ragged. Like we would literally be like, let's push ourselves to the point of burnout and then let's spend the whole weekend with like with the blinds closed, binge watching shows, trying to figure out how to rest enough. Like we used to say, I am emotionally spent, like I am done. And then we would try desperately to fill ourselves up with enough like rest and relaxation. We're just gonna eat all the good foods and we're gonna, you know, watch these shows and and maybe we'd kind of get to a place where we could function again. But this is staying in that place of rhythms that are restorative, that go, hey, I'm not, it doesn't mean we don't have busy seasons and push seasons, but I'm going to be staying in this place of rest and restoration and rhythms with God. 
And so that when things come up, when it's like, ooh, you know what? Actually, this, that conversation is actually really stressing me out or that person or this thing, we are able to in real time process it. And I also really appreciate what he just said about being present. And, um, you know, we don't always notice, I think today when someone is present, because it was just like, oh, of course, there's a person here, they're present, we're having a conversation. We definitely notice when somebody is not present. Um, and one thing I have noticed, because I would say, I am not as far ahead, like I'm not as far along as Brendan in some of these habits. Um, there are things that I, I joke with him and say, like, I'm about two years behind in my habits, but I'll watch him adopt something and then I'll start to do it. But I have had that, this um, nudge where I'm like, okay, Jacqueline, like there are things when it comes to my phone and technology that need changing. And I will try and I'll put it in the drawer, um, but then I don't always feel present. I don't always feel like I'm there. And I notice that and I say, oh, you're here, but you're not here. There are things that need to change. And it takes a discipline and a self-control. And I think about 2 Timothy 1.7 that says, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but power, love, and self-control. And that that word self-control is sometimes translated sound mind. And I think that's so key because I think when we have self-control, when we exercise that, that God's given that to us, meant to be used, we actually have a sound mind. And so again, as we're talking about mental health, we need to practice discipline. We need to insert those like small little things that are going to pay huge dividends. I want to close up, but can you just talk to me a little bit about some of the how with your rocks that have kind of helped you again, it's a, it's a way of having a chart system to keep yourself accountable to doing a few things that are key. Yeah, so that was, um, I would give a, a full credit to the book Atomic Habits as a reference earlier reading that Christmas break 2020, like right before the start of 2021. And as I read it, I felt like it was really bringing together the things that were important to me in health, the things that are important to me spiritually. And, and as you can tell, like a walk with no phone, like there's a really beautiful crossover between health and spiritual health there. And so as I was looking at those things and I just realized like there's, I'd done, you know, daily push-ups. I'd done daily walks or runs. And I'd already had, um, at that point, a habit that I, I'd had a few years streak with related to Bible reading, the three, the same diet I talked about earlier with Old, New, and Psalms, and then a journaling habit I'd paired with it. So I, I was like, oh, I've got the pieces here, but you know what I'd like to go? I'd like to go to the place where I don't go back down to two push-up days a week. I don't want to go back to where it's like, I jog twice a week and I used to do it daily. So reading Atomic Habits, it just talks about this one story of this guy with these paper clips in uh, Abbotsford back in the 90s. I guess he was starting out as a financial advisor and just, I don't know, one of those jobs where you're like, you're starting out, you got to call every stranger in the world and see if they'll do business with you. And it just sucks. And so he had, and this visual is just powerful for me. He had two glass jars in front of him on his desk and he had a hundred paper clips in the one glass jar. And basically every time he made a cold call, he got to move one paperclip from the full jar to the empty jar. You know when he got to go home for the day? When there was a hundred paperclips moved completely over to the other jar. And so, and I think of that habit and practice and part of the storyline of that is like, this guy set records in his industry. And you're like, well, everyone knows you need to cold call people when you're starting out. Everyone knows this is the practice, but let's be honest, uh, similar to how you may feel about push-ups or jogging or walking or even Bible reading some days, if we're honest, you're like, 
I don't want to do it, but I know it's good for me. And so I picture this guy just being like, I don't even like this. I just got rejected again. But he's like, but you know what? I do like moving this paperclip over. I have the feeling of like a mini accomplishment. And so that was what um, started for me where I, quite weirdly, and my kids have often commented it, and it actually has limited significance, but I've had this wooden box next to my bed that was already there. And I had some like, they're not knickknacks, but they're just kind of random items. There's like a silver spoon from when I got dedicated as a baby and a few other things. And somewhere along the way on some like retreats and things, I picked up like an oyster shell and a big white rock and whatever else. And I just had this thought, I was like, wait a minute. What if with the paper clips, I did this thing where every day the box starts with empty, like all the key rocks and I assign a rock to each habit. They're outside the box. And whenever in the day, like it's not based on hours, it's like based on, did I go to bed for the night or not yet? When I've accomplished one of them, I get to move it back home into the box. And basically, you're allowed to go to bed once you've got all the rocks back in the box, even though some of them are shells, but you can follow the simplicity of the language of rocks in the box. So that was kind of my process. And so, yeah, it started out with three. So there was, and I would even have a word I would say, because it's cathartic to be like, I would pick up the, the heaviest rock and I'd say strength when I did my two push-up sets. I pick up the scripture, it's like a shell, like a covering that protects us when we're in the word. And I pick it up and it'd say scripture. And then the same with solitude. I pick up this little um, light rock and I put it in. And so along the way, I've even felt led to add to it. But I think one of the things, if you're listening and you're like, probably in your own way and probably not with a box and rocks, probably something that works for you because you probably know a bit more about yourself and what would motivate or demotivate. But I found for me that was really helpful, but it was also like, these were habits I already had some momentum with. And so for some of us at certain seasons of life, we're starting with one habit and one way of recording it and one way of reinforcing it. But I would just encourage us to not get, um, to not undervalue the simplicity of a feedback loop that says you did the thing you're trying to do. Because I would say this, almost always I enjoy the scripture. Almost always I enjoy the solitude, except when I leave my walks too late in the day and I'm like, dang it, it's really late. Why am I having to walk this late at night? But the one I almost never enjoy is the push-ups. Even with all that, I'm like, here I go. But you know what I enjoy? I enjoy putting that rock back in the box. And so the amount of times I've even told myself, like, I don't know if we're going to get them both done today. I mean, we're not going to wreck the streak, but why don't you just do one and see where we go from there? And I, I think, and personalities are different, to, to really realize there's there's some simplicity in what motivates and moves us along. And even one of the terms I've used internally or to myself is the idea of like, like now I have five items, two walks, a daily meal with friends or family, and my other ones I mentioned, the, the uh, strength in scripture. And I'm like, that's a lot of things to move in one day. And there's days where I'm like, it's seven o'clock and you've got nothing back in the box. Like what's gonna go down here? This is getting messy and we're not going to bed on time. But one of the things I've realized is when I get to that stage and I get overwhelmed and I want to quit it all, I'll have this concept to myself, like hook a habit. So even in my journal, what I'll do is I'm like, I'm not energetically ready or I don't even have time. I'll just go and put today's date on the new page and the, the scripture readings and I'll leave it there. And sometimes I've said, that's all you have to do. And I'm like, well, I'll just read the Psalm right now. I'll just get started. Or sometimes I'll be like, do you have enough will to do the pushups right now? I'm like, yeah, do it right now. Go, 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 go. And I'll go do it. And then I'll be like, you have, you have the rest of the day to get the second set, but now you've got the layer down. Or I'll try and think, can I do this walk right now? 
And so just realizing that and to realize where we're going to trip and fall and to have grace for yourself if you're committing to a daily habit and you stumble, but also don't be afraid to push yourself a little bit and see like, can I somehow still get these across the line imperfectly with some messiness? Like, yes, I kind of read late at night to keep my Bible streak going, but I did it. And tomorrow I'm going to be motivated to start earlier. I'm going to do it. My brain's fresh, those kind of things. So that's been some of my process. I know it's really tailored, but I think there is really a depth and a significance. And there's just been a lot of different times I've seen secondary fruit or moments I was ready for something I didn't think I would because of these habits that have been building and preparing me. So I think those have been, yeah, a big part of my journey. Well, that's awesome. <clears throat> I know this is a ton to digest and I, I want to kind of go back to the first thing you said, which was like 2012. So that's, that's been 10 years of just learning, growing, being challenged and starting small. So my encouragement for you listening is just to think about like, what is the thing that you feel like God is nudging you towards in terms of healthy habits? And it could be multiple areas. Don't be afraid to, um, to start off small in a few areas. We started off really focusing on some of how we were eating, really fueling our body at the same time that we were starting our budget. And I was like, can we do this? Can we go on a budget while starting to eat healthy? But again, starting small with small little changes makes a huge difference. Uh, and the other thing I wanted to highlight is when Brennan talked about going to the doctor and recognizing the difference between kind of the story he was telling himself and the truth. And I think that's actually one of the best places for us to start is to say, um, and I've had that in seasons where I've, I've done a really good job in an area and I just keep that as my storyline. Like, oh no, no, this, I, I do this thing. And then I pause and I realize I used to do that thing, but that's actually not what I'm doing right now. And so I think just being really honest with ourselves is a great place to start being honest with God and then following that nudge to say, you know what? This is what I'm going to try here. I, I actually, I haven't been moving my body every day or at all, or I haven't been reading my Bible. And, um, I am constantly amazed at how I was saying to a friend recently, I don't know how it works, but when we are reading the Bible, when we are spending that time with God, it is like a a dishwasher for our mind. Like it just, it cleanses, it purifies, it really renews our mind. And so again, as this series is on mental health, that I'm going to say is going to be the number one place to start. And again, you can start small. You can start by reading a verse a day. And if you go back to the podcast episode I had with um, Kat Lee from Hello Mornings, that's her encouragement is starting with one verse a day and you can build just the same way Brendan built on his push-up habits. You build on a Bible reading habit, but just saying, this is what I'm going to do every day. And you will watch, um, really your mind, um, come back to clarity, focus, realizing places that you've been stuck. And so, um, I think we're going to leave it there because we've been chatting for a while. Brendan, do you have any last thoughts before we sign off? Yeah, I think just to kind of, it ties in perfectly and it's going back in time to 2012 and I've told this story a few times, but I started that daily 
Bible reading habit and it wasn't perfect. I know right off the hop, I think I missed a day somewhere in there and I just really wanted to commit to it. And then I was actually driving, it was a commute to go to that school where I had that professor inspired me. And I remember pulling out like probably 10 days later to go to drive to class. And as I went to pull out of the driveway, the garbage cans were in the way of the vehicle and I couldn't pull out properly. And of course I hadn't left myself very much wiggle room. And so like in terms of time, so it was like, oh my gosh, I have to hop out, move the garbage. Like, what does that take? Literally 20 seconds, but somehow I'm like, this is the reason I'm late, not anything else I've been doing. But anyway, so I'm like pulling out and I have to move the garbage cans back. And what I started to do is I moved them back and I got in the car as I was like, Jacqueline didn't put the garbage cans in the proper place. And because of that, I'm going to be late for my class. Jacqueline sabotaged me. She was so careless and thoughtless. And so this conversation's playing in my head. And then some other part of my brain is like, what if she just put them where she put them and didn't realize it was impacting? What if she was just serving the family by putting them out to get picked up? What if, and I just realized for me, for the first time in a long time, I had captured a runaway thought that was destructive. And it was this interesting self-analytical process where I was like, wait a minute, like, what if this isn't true? She's not trying to sabotage me. And then another part of me was like, wait a minute, do we do this all the time to people? Do we just create a story in our heads of how they're trying to wreck our lives? And then there was like one more thought that came was like, why did we stop at this time? Because normally these is just run away on us. And then one other little piece, and I would, I would have to give full credit to the Holy Spirit, was like, because I've been in the Bible every day. So now I'm starting to spot lies because I'm actually sitting in truth. And so there's been many times over, but I think that was such a crystallization right at the beginning. And it wasn't on day one and it wasn't on day two. It was on day 10 or 12 or 14 or somewhere along the way where you start to see, oh my gosh, yes, I would love to not create terrible mental tracks about the people I love most. I would actually love to, instead of like, mentally arguing with in my head where I win and they look dumb and I'm mad at them to actually stop those before they start because that's actually a source of a lot of mental unhealth. And I realize just more and more, um, any of these practices, physical health has a huge benefit to us, but I do think things that allow us to hear from the Holy Spirit through the word of God, hear from him through solitude and silence or absence of work and Sabbath allows us to reset our lives and really confront and combat things that are lies that are really pulling away from our flourishing and our health. So I think that's where habits really sometimes lay a foundation and opportunity for God to do the transformative work we, we want. And sometimes we don't even know what we want or how it's going to work, but it really is significant and how God can use it to change us. Awesome. Well, thank you, Brendan. I really have appreciated watching um, your habits up close and thank you for sharing those with the ready to thrive audience i trust this episode has helped you move one step closer to thriving can i just say thank you for listening this space has been incredibly encouraging for me this past year and as i am being deeply encouraged by these conversations i trust you are as well and i'm not going to ask you to rate the show or subscribe but i am going to ask if while you are listening today a friend popped into your mind and you thought, hmm, I think they could use this encouragement. Can I ask you to share this episode with them, with one person? 
When I listen to podcasts on my phone, there are three little dots at the bottom right, and I click there to share. Also, can I say sometimes I don't share with others as I'm worried about what they'll think of me if they think I'm bugging them by sharing something, but when someone shares something with me, I am never bothered. Often it is the exact thing I needed to hear. So if someone popped into your mind, click those three little dots and share this encouraging conversation with them. And thank you for listening to Ready to Thrive.